Hello everyone, welcome back to the Empowering Artist Podcast. My name is Rebecca, I am your host for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If this is your first time here or if you are a returning listener, thank you so much. Um, I'm sort of excited to delve into today's episode, not sort of, I'm very excited, Um, mainly because this is going to be more like a... That's more like a chatty podcast instead of, um, I guess, you know, an actionable steps podcast or something like that, mainly because I wanted to talk about sort of, I guess, what's been going on artistically for me and what that mainly is entailing is live productions, live theater. Um, if this is the first time that you've tuned in, um, I'm a professional actor here in the Washington DC area. I am, I do stage, I do film and TV, um, but musical theater and stage is kind of like my first love. So that's, um, what I do, um, a lot of, and I feel like as many of us know, probably all of us, um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, um, for the last like year, and a half, um, indoor theater hasn't been a thing. Um, there have been variations of indoor performances. So I know some theaters, depending on their union status or not, some of them have brought in performers and they've recorded a live performance and that's what's being, um, sort of streamed at the moment. I know that some people are live streaming live performances, which is pretty interesting. Um, I myself was part of a performance that was both online. It was like a hybrid online. We also filmed in person and we streamed that. Um, so I was never like performing in front of an audience, but, um, the show itself, you could like choose tickets and stuff like a normal show, but it was like a recording online. And yeah, basically it's been a mix of everything the past year and a half because, um, for most theaters, well, for a lot of it, you know, no one was allowed to be indoors really um publicly at least like no one could really gather um and then sort of as restrictions eased and it became you know more acceptable and vaccines became more widely available um theaters in the area at least the non-union theaters were starting to do in-person performances again um and yeah i guess that kind of brings us up to where we are now very brief truncated version of, um, what happens, or I guess what has happened. Um, but yeah, so right now, as of this recording, it's August of 2021, and it seems like everyone is gearing up for a regular, cross your fingers, hopefully, um, season this, this fall, and that is fantastic. I am so excited, um, for live theater to be back, for that to be a thing. I know friends who are doing live theater, um, out doors. Um, actually my mentor, she is currently doing live, like a live production out in Colorado. Um, so she's like out in Colorado right now, which is like kind of wild. Um, but she's a union performer and the union did approve that per that production. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it was kind of wild because, you know, for a while in the Washington DC area, um, you know, the mask mandates were lifted. That was like a great sign. That meant that, you know, in-person performances could probably resume as normal. Um, the really big, um, 
uh, theaters in the area, like the Kennedy Center. They had announced this like enormous season, and I'm like so excited for it. Hades Town is coming, and I really want to go see it. Um, and you know, everyone for a while was like, you know, super pumped, so ready for this to like, you know, get back like and started. All of the actors in the area were like super excited because like. Um, while I haven't seen a lot of in-person auditions, I've seen a lot of auditions for, um, you know, audition submissions for upcoming seasons, and it's just, like, you know, so exciting. I was, like, theater's coming back, and then, um, I feel like a couple weeks ago, or maybe three weeks ago at this point, I can't remember, but they announced, um, mask mandates for indoors again due to the Delta variant, and that was something I was, like, wow, like, are the numbers that bad? And I sort of looked in the area, and our, the particular area that I'm in, the vaccination rates are pretty high, so it's not much of a concern, I guess. But this is also a very, like, proactive and, I would say, proactive area, where if they see the numbers going back up based off of, like, the initial guidelines they set, I guess we've reached that point where we have to put masks back on. And that is something I both understand and something that just, I was like, well, what's, what's going to happen next kind of thing. Um, it wasn't my initial thought, um, when the masks were coming back on, my first thought was, oh God, like, are the cases that bad? Um, and it was just kind of like, well, okay, like the cases might be going up. Um, I myself am vaccinated. All my friends and family are vaccinated. So as far as like, you know, my personal circle of friends and family, I'm like, okay, like we're all safe. Um, and also a lot of the places that um, I've sort of worked at this summer have required all the staff to get vaccinated. And because I'm working with kids, a lot of them under 12, they're not eligible to be vaccinated. So that was like another thing that we had to sort of figure out. Um, but yeah, things, I don't want to say they started regressing at all because I don't feel like we are regressing. It's literally, you can still do the things that you could do before. You just have to put a mask on indoors. Um, and that's for inside, um, in the Washington DC area in the County that I live in, in Maryland. And, um, I'm originally from the Northern Virginia area. I don't believe as of this recording that any, um, indoor mask mandates have been set. Um, I do know that um, in Prince William, not Prince William County, um, I do know, so there's Prince William County, there's Fairfax County, there's Arlington County, and this is, like, all the Northern Virginia schools, um, school systems. I believe all of those school systems, and if I'm not mistaken, the entirety of Virginia, like, all of the school systems are required to have masks on indoors, vaccinated or unvaccinated, um, come fall. And then I also know another county in the area is requiring, um, all staff to be either fully vaccinated or to just constantly pr be producing, like, negative COVID tests. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, like, moving pieces at the moment. And it's really interesting because, you know, initially, like with all the vaccines and everything, everyone was like, oh yeah, like it's going to be sort of a return to, to normal, whatever normal is. And um, once these mask mandates came back, I was like, okay. And then I thought about it more. I was like, what does this mean for, for theaters? Because especially 
like all the theaters like where they're they're talking like indoor performances and people can still come but it's like are they going to be wearing masks are they not going to be wearing masks um it's just you know and what is the union going to say because the union still hasn't given the go-ahead um so it's just kind of all up in the air at the moment and you know everyone from DC to New York in this, in this like particular area, like we're all gearing up and like the national tours too. We are all gearing up for a fall reopening essentially after like, I think it was, you know, March 20, like a year and a half without theater, like live in-person productions. Like, I mean, there are in-person productions here and there, but like on the general, like, you know, scale, there really hasn't been. And I've also talked to a lot of um, my friends who are union members because the union has its own governing rules and it's only approving union member and union contracts based off of like certain criteria. And the union members, um, they were, I'm not completely sure what was going on with them just because I'm not a union member myself. I'm an eligible union member, but I'm not there yet. Um, I know there was this whole thing um, as far as like their insurance went, because if you get insurance through the union, you have to be working a certain number of weeks and no one was working. And so effectively a lot of people didn't have insurance, um, during a pandemic of all times. So it was, it was really messy. It was really messy. And I know a lot of people are, you know, really looking forward to things reopening because not only does it mean they can go back to work, but they have insurance. Um, and so, I think that, you know, we were headed in a really good direction. We were, we are headed in a really good direction. And I'm only speaking on behalf of like, these are my own opinions based off of the, the, um, the area that I'm in. It could be different in different parts of the country. So again, these are just like my personal thoughts on what's going on in this particular part of the country, which is the Washington DC area. So like mid-Atlantic region, I guess. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where I just kind of, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. And I mean, I'm honestly, I'm still not sure what's going to happen. And I know theaters in our area have taken, you know, they've taken the approach like, hey, we want to make sure that it's safe for our staff. We want to make sure that it is safe for our performers. We want to make sure it's safe for our audience members. Um, I guess I don't really have, like, if they're dealing with union performing, mem- performing members and they have to, like, perhaps be governed by a different set of rules because they're union, but again, I don't know. Um, but a lot of theaters in the area, especially the big ones like Arena Stage and the Kennedy Center, um, they required all audience members proof of vaccination. Um, they're allowing exemptions based off of, you know, if you are medically unable to get a vaccination or if you are religiously you have like religious um, views that cause you to, or you have religious views against getting the vaccine. Um, and then you sort of review those on a case by case basis. Um, but yeah, that was a big, big step for, a, I believe in the beginning, it was 13 theaters that said that they weren't, that they were going to require proof of vaccination at all of their in-person shows. And if you couldn't provide that proof, you weren't allowed in. And I feel like that was such a huge step because again, these are like, we're in a, we're again in a very, very, um, how do I put this? We're in an area where people believe in getting a vaccine. 
um, basically, and people will go get the vaccine and people have gotten the vaccine. Now there are up, there is a percentage of people that hasn't gotten it. And this definitely from the theater standpoint, taking a stand and saying, no, you must be vaccinated. Like that's a huge, huge plus for, you know, what the end goal is for all of us. And that's to return to live in-person performances. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, like that's incredible at 13 theaters. And since that article was first published last week and, you know, there are more being added to that list, like that's incredible. Um, because they're basically saying, hey, like you need to be safe and you need to keep our performers safe. And in order for that to happen, like you need to be vaccinated. And I, and I'm pretty sure Broadway also has something very similar to that. I know on certain productions you have to be vaccinated as cast or crew. Um, but for this area to say, like, if you're an audience member coming, you must like provide proof of vaccination. Like that's so big. And like, as a performer, I remember reading that and being like, oh my God, like that's amazing because now I'm going to feel safe being in a theater. If everyone else is vaccinated, like I'm going to be safe or feel safe being in there with all these other people that I don't know (laughs) doing, you know, what I, what I love. And that was something I was just, I was like so ecstatic to hear And, you know, granted, we still have to figure out what's going on with these mask mandates. Like, I don't exactly know what's going on. I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. There might even be, like, a special clause in there about, like, live in-person performances. I mean, I'm not really sure, but it was just, it felt like such a good step in the right direction. So I feel like overall, even though we've sort of stagnated a little bit as far as, like, returning back to quote-unquote, you know, normal, whatever normal is... I feel like we're making, you know, slow progress towards our end goal. And the end goal for live in-person performances is to have live in-person performances. Like, that's what these theaters want. And especially during the winter, like, the winter can get... Okay, well, DC winters can be very strange sometimes. They're just, like, nothing. There's, like, no snow. Um, There's nothing. Um, And sometimes, like, last year, we got, like, a ton of snow and it was really cold. And also, like, DC drivers are horrible. Um, Well, not just DC, but, like, this area, um, the DC metro area. It's, like, if there's any precipitation, rain, snow, whatever, the driving just, like, does not, it just does, it just goes haywire. Um, But, you know, that, that's our goal. Like, we can't really have outdoor performances in the middle of the winter because that's just not feasible for lots of reasons. Um, So, I mean, overall, I think that, you know, we're headed in the right direction. And all the steps that we're taking, like the theaters, the the performers, audience members um, coming in and, you know, showing proof of vaccination, that's going to be able to take us further and further and closer and closer to what we want. And that's to be able to go to a theater, to a live show, sit in an audience and just be entertained for, you know, however long. I know as an audience member myself and as a performer myself, like I'm just ready to go back and get lost in that world that's created in front of us. And I'm very hopeful for what is to come. And I'm very excited to hopefully get, you know, hear the all go from like, you know, everyone. Um, and I think that the future of live in-person performance is not just theater, but like 
you know, dance performances, opera, stand-up, I think, you know, we're getting closer to, to our goal. Like, we are so, so much closer than we were, like, you know, even earlier this year. And I definitely think that we're going to hit it. We just have to keep going forward and we just have to keep staying safe and making sure that, you know, these cases go down. But I think that the future of live performances, it's getting there. And, you know, when we do get there, it's going to be so amazing. And like all of the hard work that we have put into it, you know, it's, it's going to pay off. And I feel like that's just true for the rest of the country. Like if you're looking for looking forward to like live in-person performances, like as long as your vaccination numbers are going up and your cases are going down and you're, you know, getting closer and closer and closer to just like, you know, overall public health and safety, like being pretty good and having a low caseload in your area, I feel like, you know, we're just getting closer to where we all want to be and we have to keep working together to get there. Um, But yeah, I think that just in-person live performances, they're coming back and they're going to be here and they're going to be stronger than ever. And all the performances, I can just imagine, you know, after a year and a half of people not performing, when I go into that theater masked, unmasked, whatever I'm, you know, required to do, I know the energy on that stage is just going to be electric because people haven't been performing for a year and a half. Like there's so much pent up energy in there and it's just going to be released on stage um, when they get to come back. So we all have these live in-person performances we're all looking forward to. And I think that the future of live in-person theater is looking bright. We just have to keep going, have to be diligent, have to keep, you know, with those vaccine rates going up and caseloads going down. And I'm sure we'll get there. It might take some time. I'm hoping less time than more time, but we'll get there. Okay, guys, that is all I have for you for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, if you liked this episode, um, please subscribe to the podcast, rate this episode, comment on this episode. I would love to sort of hear your guys' thoughts on live theater and person performances. I know this particular podcast was definitely more geared towards that and not artists in general, but I just wanted to sort of like chat with you guys and share my opinions on sort of just what I, what's been going on in my life and what, you know, um, I think might be useful to, um, all of you out there who are either actors yourselves, or maybe you're not an actor, maybe you're not an artist, but you enjoy going to a live show. Um, so yeah, I'm, I hope that you were able to sort of just get some more insight on what's going on. Um, and yeah, if you want to chat with me more about all of this stuff, you can DM me over at Artistically Bold Life. We can talk about it more over there. Um, I'd love to chat with you. And before we go, today's um, podcast episode is sponsored by my free Facebook group, Empowering Artists in Business. If you are an artist of any kind looking to monetize your skills, please come join us. We would love to have you. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Um, I will see you in the next episode. And until then, I hope you have a good one.